This is Father James Mitchell. No matter what's going on, listen to Wolfie D. You were the new church. You were the bedrock. You were what Bobby Eaton was to Jim Cornette to me. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. I don't think we're done yet. Oh What? Could it be? It is! Father James Mitchell! And the final participant, accompanied to the ring by Father James Mitchell, representing the new church, Slash! I can't believe this! I can't either. James Mitchell and Thrash back in the impact zone, and it just kick it off. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And guess who I am? Yeah, that's right. It's old Wolfie D again. I got my friend Jimmy Street on the other end co-hosting for me. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. How's it going? How you How you doing, buddy? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. You know, just been uh, keeping my lips sealed for a little bit and uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, I think you had like a somewhat of a metamorphosis. You don't go real evil all the time. But I think <laughs> recently, what was it? I think Slash made a return to Impact. Ah, yeah. Oh my God, dude, that was amazing. Yeah, man, and and what the fans would probably think is funny is I did not even tell Jimmy for a while. I didn't. <laughs> uh, there was a, the one phone call that I made uh, when I got the call, and I didn't get the call till uh, exactly two weeks before the show. And so I'm thinking, it's just like just like they did me the last time, if you'll remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, we're talking about uh, Impact's uh, 20th anniversary, anniversary show on pay-per-view um, a few weeks back there. So, uh, yeah, they did that to me the last time. It was like, hey, we need you for this pay-per-view. <laughs> it's like, uh, be here in an hour. No, just kidding. It was like, you know, two weeks out or something like that. And... Uh, uh, fuck all right so uh yeah had to do a little bit of uh crash dieting which we'll get to that later but uh yeah, yeah. i didn't really tell anybody man because i know in the wrestling business don't don't jinx yourself if you right. start oh i just got this spot with such and such and such man yeah and then they'll call you two days before and you look like a goof so uh, <laughs> always always learn never never uh open them open that mouth really until it's till it's a and and usually it ain't even etched in stone till you are walking to the fucking ring because i mean hell i've seen people show up to pay-per-views and they've written them off so oh man yeah <laughs> i mean that has to happen for guys yeah. that are like oh man we need a guy did you bring your gear to yeah. hey yeah. man i know we booked you but sorry <laughs> yeah it's not working into the story right right <laughs> 
So, yeah, you kind of opened the door there. And, I mean, obviously the name of the show is Slash Returns to Impact. So, basically, it was Slammiversary 2022. And this is their anniversary of 20 years to the day. So, before we go to the show, talk about that very first day. I know we had Slash in TNA, uh, episode 18, We've had Father James Mitchell, episode four. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this, but talk about that very first day of TNA. The very first pay-per-view, you mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. So the irony here is that that was I – was, I was sworn to secrecy on, on all that stuff uh, by Jeff. You know, at first, when the project first started and everything, uh, I was uh, – Helping him design a few things, uh, graphic-wise, uh, with tickets and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, just upon, hey, I want to use you on this. Here's the idea. Here's what we're doing. I'd like to use you on it, blah, blah, blah. And I couldn't tell nobody. And uh, so anyway, it was a battle royal. Me and James, <laughs> me and James Mitchell. That was it. There was That's a- awesome. No one else uh, yet for the new church. It was just me and him. Yeah. Uh, I didn't win that battle royal either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, it, th- that very first uh, TNA pay-per-view, it was, you know, you felt like something cool was going on. You had Toby Keith there. And I know when Jeff does something, he's he's going to do it big, and his daddy was involved and, and all that. So you knew it was going to be something good now did i did i honestly think that tna would become what it has i i I don't think i did because i had been in the business long enough at that point and had seen so many fly-by-night companies and not to say in any shape or form obviously this was something um bigger um and, and obviously had money behind it so that's always a plus oh yeah uh, but you just seen, yeah, oh, they got this money guy, and the end they're gonna start doing this, start doing this, and it it never would come to pass, you know, they'd run out of money or or whatever. So yeah, it just it was a very cool thing to be a part of. I was appreciative of it, as was I uh, at Slammiversary twenty. Um, but the first pay per view just seemed, you know, I, I thought it was going to be something. It, look what it look what it's done and 20 years later i know i know it was absolutely uh an honor really i know i don't i don't want to be too you know i don't want to sound like a mark for myself or anything like that but uh it was just an honor to for them to to think of me after this long because i've always thought and when we talked about my how tna ended for me they ended up owing me money um you know, they went to Orlando. I was I was one of the ones that did not make that transition with them. And I always felt like, man, the new church did not get, you know, kind of a common theme in my career, the, the recognition that I believe it deserved. And right. Um, right. so that was kind of like, and, and a little tidbit here for the fans. And I know your question was, you know, about the first one, but it, there's, it's so, such a relationship there, you know, um, I have to talk about this is that it was just for them to think about me and to bring me back after that long, uh, 
And like I said, here comes the tidbit. Being in a, um, we'll talk about the reverse battle royal and my reaction to that, but uh, to be the only one in that battle royal that had an actual entrance, everyone else in that battle royal. And wasn't all scrubs, man. It was people, you know, Chase Stevens has done a lot in TNA, David Young, Shark, you know, all them guys uh, that were in there. All walked down to in a single file line, uh, generic music, you know, with their names flashing up as they walked down. But then the lights drop, the red light comes on, and the uh, new church music starts playing. And me and Mitchell actually get an intro, and uh, you know, and I jump start the match. And I just at, at, when I knew when I found out that was the deal. I didn't care whether I was winning or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that was your flowers, man. I yeah. mean that, you know, they gave you your flowers, dude. And you and Mitchell, dude, it and was chill bumps. After the fact, uh, I thanked because, uh, the, the two people that I had talked to on the phone, as far as people within the company was, uh, dreamer, and D'Lo and I went to both of them and I thanked them before I left uh, and I especially I said man I appreciate the intro man that was that was uh, quite nice you know and uh, and then I said the same things to Scott Demore and his reply was he said man how could we not do that the new church intro he said the new church was one of the first cool cool groups that we ever had in uh impact history he was one of the first ones so we had to have that so that that man kind of it it made me feel extremely good and honored first of all uh and and, and almost uh you know what's the word i'm looking for like like vilified justified i don't know edit that if you have to i don't know what the word i'm fucking looking for is but um just put the icing on the cake for me as far as you know okay you know i thought they shafted me i thought the last pay-per-view they kind of shafted us a little bit and made us look like shit the way they presented us and, and and this time me alone in my hometown they gave me that uh that thank you sort of deal, you know, and I, I, that's awesome. Yeah, man. So that, that's exactly leading into my next question. So basically great job as always, you are a broadcast journalist like no other, my friend. (laughs) So you are, it's funny that you said justify, it does justify, it does vilify because you guys were evil, you know? So uh, I'm not editing nothing on that. (laughs) Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. (laughs) 
If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. So, you you know, you brought up some names there. Scott Demore, obviously, I saw him walking out with the Canadian flag, the Canadian jersey, because he used to lead Team Canada. You know, but I remember you telling me, like, the day before you were going, essentially, hey, I got... It wasn't that short of a time, but it wasn't immediately. You didn't... You kayfabed everybody, and that's the way it should be. So, who called you? Who You know, like, you're sitting there... Somerset, oh. Kentucky, just chilling, being wolfy, and boom, phone rings. Who is it? Well, the phone texted, and okay. it, it was D'Lo, and he just said, uh, he said, hey, Wolfie, it's D'Lo. I said, what's up? And uh, he said, what are you doing on June the 19th? And I said, probably nothing. Why? <laughs> 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 and, uh, then, then I, then, then I think we called after that, and uh, he told me what the deal was. But he really didn't tell me anything. He just said, he said, uh, "Man, we need you to do this pay per view." And I, I said, "Okay, sure, man. What, what do I got to do?" I said, now, "You know, I'm very limited, you know, on what my body can do." He said, "You don't have to do nothing." He said, "You got to walk to the ring with Jim Mitchell." And I said, "Oh, uh, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm in. Whatever. Yeah, and, yeah." So he said, let me clear, let me, you know, clarify everything, make sure we're good. Uh, he said, uh, you'll be getting an email, blah, 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 about paying all that bullshit. And uh, I said, cool. So we hung up and uh, a few days. Well, I think that day I called Mitchell and I said, or I don't even think it was that day because I still had. No, yeah, 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 it was that day. So I called him and I said, yo, man, I said, well, we, what do you know about this uh, Slammiversary thing? Ah, I think it's some kind of reverse battle royal or some shit. A <laughs> uh, fucking reverse battle royal? What the fuck is that? Oh, I, I said, you did one of those with me before. I said, no, no, you got me fucked up with somebody else because yeah, I, yeah. In 32 years in the business, I have never heard of a reverse battle royal. And he didn't have a lot of information either. So right. He didn't really tell me a lot or what the stuff. So I'm thinking, what in the fuck is a reverse battle royal? So at any rate, a few days go by and I said, I text D-Lo and I said, uh, hey, um, I haven't got an email yet. Is everything, you know, still going or whatever? And uh, he shot back. You'll get it. He said, but uh, just consider yourself booked, blah, blah, blah. Be there. So, um, okay. So now I know it's it's still good. But as I said in the wrestling business, man, I don't, I'm still not saying shit to anybody. Right. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm starting to, you know, uh, Reduced my calories by a lot, um, a lot. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I, like I have a issue sometimes at my age when I just with the stomach bloating, you know. So I just like I'm a, this motherfucker is not going out there bloated. I'm not doing right, it. right. So uh, yeah, so some more time goes by, and um, 
uh, I decide to pull up on YouTube this reverse battle roll, and I watch it. I'm like, what the hell kind of shit is this? <laughs> <laughs> Fight to get in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that's basically how all that went down. And then what? I don't know, a couple of days before when I knew, okay, I'm I'm at least going. I, I called you and told you about it and everything. Yeah. And, uh, I I didn't know I wasn't aware of pre-show or what you know, I didn't know any of that at that point. And um so that's the that's the lead up. Yeah. So yeah, so the reverse battle royal basically is a hybrid of well, it's a battle royal, but it's also kind of like a lumberjack match because you guys are going at it on the floor outside, then you roll in and then it's the oh, first eight to get in or something. You cannot roll in. Oh, that's right. You, you gotta go, go oh. the top rope in. That's right. Yeah, because rolling in would be too simple. So you got to climb up and go over the top rope to get in the ring. And then the first eight to do that. Have a normal battle royal. Have a normal battle royal, which how many people have you been in a battle royal? I mean, what I'm saying is, is like the number is like 30. I mean, how many people that have been in the ring at once with you? Yeah, Uh, I'm I'm sure I've done a uh, because it used to be. 10 or 20, man. I'm sure. sure I've done a 20. Uh, and then you do the Royal Rumbles, it's 30, but then there's never that many at the same time. So Right, um, they stagger I'm, it, yeah. Do you, I mean, so eight's not bad, I would say, <laughs> to work with, because you're not worried about drawing back and hitting somebody that you didn't mean to and stuff. <laughs> Yes. So, so yeah, the reverse battle Royal, but, but really you were probably, I mean, did they tell you, Hey, look, you're going to stay on the floor. Is that kind of, yeah. Um, when I first got there, um, pretty close to when I first got there, uh, after saying all the hellos to the people you hadn't seen in forever, man, David Young, Chase Stevens, shark boy. Well, I had actually seen shark boy recently at some conventions, but, uh, just, you know, seeing all the people I hadn't seen. And then, then looking around and going, who are these people? <laughs> I don't yeah. know who, yeah. who, do, who do I need to be overly nice to? <laughs> 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 uh, not that I'm not nice to everybody, but you know what I mean. Right, right. But now I want to say the wrong thing too. But in that, it, it also, that was one thing about being in it that was like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? I, yeah. I, this is a, this is a one and done. And I'm not, you know, going back or, you know, fuck the last time I did a pay-per-view for him was 10 years before that. So I could, it wouldn't matter because actually, uh, Dixie Carter was back there. She ended up showing up. I never said hello to her cause I always heard she had a, some sort of issue with me. So <laughs> she was, was scared of you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I didn't really say nothing to her. Um, but, you know, then I didn't know like that. The guys that were announcers, I don't think I knew them. And, then, you know, it was just, it was weird. But, uh, yeah. So that was kind of the, the back atmosphere. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I do want to talk about that. So basically. Yeah. So back the, battle royal, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. The, so the reverse <laughs> battle royal. You're good, buddy. You're good. So in the reverse battle royal, you basically. You, like you said, you run down the, the, the ramp. 
so yeah, they, they tell me that I'm, uh, you know, uh, they're at the ring when I got there, uh, or when I, like I said, pretty soon after I got there, they tell me to go to the ring and Delo's out there with everybody. Um, and I just kind of walk in and I'm hearing, you know, and at that point I knew what the battle, I knew the rules, you know, I had researched it, like I said. And, uh, so, Hey, you're not getting in. Uh, so basically, uh, just fight on the floor until the, the first, uh, eight get in and then you guys will be sent back. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I was noticing, uh, because, you know, my girl was there and her son, and so they were sitting out there. And so, you know, as the show time approaches, I'm, I'm walking around the building and pacing as I do. Not yeah. out of nerves. It's just something I've always done. I get bored and I just walk around the building. So I just walk, I pace. So yeah. <laughs> I go out there and um, I see the, the new church um, graphic entrance music playing. I'm like, cool, man. Okay. Get interested in everything. I mean, because honestly, nothing had ever been said. I'm seeing the little vignettes and, you know, pre show walkthrough stuff they're doing. And uh, swear to God, about 10 minutes before we go to the ring, one thing I hear is, because uh, I, I said something about somebody shooting me into the rail or something. And then one of the guys, I think it was Chase. Chase turns around and goes, no, man, you can't, you can't use rails. They just, they just told us you can't use rails. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't use the fucking rails? I said, we got to fight outside. We, we, we punch a kid. They can't use the fucking rails. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's what they said. So I'm like, okay. Then a few minutes later, it's... Uh, no inch, no no entrances except for Mitchell and Wolfie. Oh man! And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> there there was no going over any of this. You know, like I said, it was very. I went down there. You're not getting in. Okay, boom. <laughs> that was it, basically. I didn't get a spot with nobody. I did nothing. I just knew that I was walking out there and gonna fight a little bit for, for, until eight people were in the ring. Yeah. So, now it's like, okay, you two are the only ones getting music, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at Mitchell, and, and he's looking at me, and he's, did they just say we're the only ones? Uh, yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> so, well, fuck. So then me and him, veteran minds, were like, okay, we're going to make the most out of this. Because we had not, you know, we figured we were walking up the steps, making the cut, and going down the ramp. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Mitchell. He said, I'm going to walk out. I'm going to do the sign of the night. So be done. He said, then you come out and do the thing you used to do. Blah, blah, blah. I'll do this. Hopefully they listen to me when I raise my hands. <laughs> and, um, he said, uh, you know, and then we'll do the deal. And so then I got this brainstorm real quick and I went to the crazy Steve and I said, let me ask some questions. So the one thing I don't know, I said, so when everybody gets to the ring, I said, are we just standing there and then they ring the bell or are y'all going to start fighting before, uh, you know, like I come down as the last one? No, no, no. We have to wait uh, until the bell rings. And I said, okay. So then I went over to D'Lo and I said, D'Lo, I have an idea. I said, if I'm getting the entrance, the, the big entrance, I said, why don't I just run down and start lighting into people? And that that starts the match instead of starting it dull. He goes, that's a great idea. Do it. And so I went over to the rest of the guys. Hey, here's what I'm going to do. And uh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> and uh, so here we go, man. And 
to me that uh, that was the point where I didn't care if I was getting in the ring. I didn't care if I was winning it. Nothing. Uh, you know, being eliminated in the first round was fine with me. I, nobody else was going to get an intro. And to me, that means more. And I yeah. match like that. So, uh, here we go. Music plays come out. Good pop. I run down or I'm not running, but I'm walking down the ramp. Not a motherfucker in sight on my side of the ring to do what I said I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I, so at that point, you know, I even, I think I might've slowed my walk a little bit more. Like, you motherfuckers, get over here. Right. And one person, and bless his heart, I cannot remember his name, got a red beard, wore a bandana. Um, he was standing, he, he fed me, and we talked about it later, and I thanked him, man. He said, nobody was feeding you. <laughs> he said, I, so I just started walking towards you. I said, thank you, man. So I, I fucking whacked him, boom. You know, the lights had dimmed for the new church thing. I grabbed Crazy Steve, started eye-gouging him, and uh, lights come up, and the match starts. And yeah, after that, it was just punch and kick and shit. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you are kind of limited to what you can do out there if they're taking you off the railing. and <laughs> Yeah, not to mention the fact that Dreamer told me if I took a bump that he was hitting the ring on me. So, so yeah, and then he's not booked for the show, so that's going to be weird. So yeah. you know. <laughs> Actually, they were taking care of me is what they were doing. D'Lo and, and, and uh, you know, Tommy both have been on the show. They know about the 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 heart attack and they know my back and all that bullshit so really i think them not wanting me to get in the ring was just saying hey right limited let's give him a fucking intro and and boom you know what i mean yeah, yeah totally you got a pop i mean you're in your front of your hometown crowd yeah. dude i mean you know how did it feel to be back i know they're different faces now they have to be nashville's yeah. just different but still <laughs> It's a different atmosphere, yeah. And being in Nashville was awesome. With you know, it wasn't the old fairgrounds. They tore that down. For people that don't know, they tore the old building down and they built a new one, um, kind of in a different spot, but still on the grounds there. And uh, it was it was weird, but it was it's a nice building. Was that Wolfie room there still <laughs> that you <laughs> stayed in all the time? Because every time somebody booked there, you were there and you were on the show. Oh, no, it was like I say, that building was not even on the ground. I mean, it was on the active fairgrounds grounds, but it's not. It was it was weird. I almost couldn't figure out, OK, that way is this and this used to be that. And no, yeah. that building is down the hill, way down the hill from where the old building was. I mean, is it nicer? Is it more state of the art? Is it just a better? Yeah, got air yeah. condition. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it, Then That's all you need. <laughs> it's air conditioned, by God. That's all that matters. So, yeah, you, so you've been, been in two different Nashville Fairground buildings, basically. You've wrestled, but they can't, you know, that's like your stomping grounds, right? So, right. So how was D'Lo? How was Tommy? How was Father James? I mean, how were these guys? Are they doing good? Great, man. I mean, like I said, man, it, it just kind of solidified a lot of things for me. Uh, me and Mitchell always, you know, we still stay in contact. Uh, we, we always have, uh, not few, not like every day or anything, but, um, yeah, uh, 
D'Lo, man, it was very, he came up to me at one point uh, before the battle roll when I was waiting to go out. And he just walks over to me and goes, you know what, man? He said, back when I was <laughs> watching, uh, you know, as a kid growing up watching wrestling, he said, the only time I ever saw PG-13 was in magazines. He said, because where I lived, we didn't get USWA, you know, until way later or whatever. And he said, then when I first saw you in person, he said, you're deceivingly big. He said, you're a big dude, man, but people think you're smaller than what you are until they see you in person. And I, I mean, me not even being in the greatest shape right now, you know, it's just like, that was a compliment. I thought, oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, it's so, true. It's yeah, true though. It's, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. When I look in the mirror, just, I still see that skinny kid, you know what I mean? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, you, you hope that you always see that kid, right? I mean, that, you know, yeah, and we talked about this too. Uh, something I've always said, like a person, you know, ha having been around and brought up and been in the wrestling business for so long, and being around so many big guys, man, monsters, and like you're at your local gym or whatever, and you might have the people that you talk to there, or whatever. And, oh man, this is you've seen that dude that comes in here, man. They're trying to describe somebody. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's jacked, man. He's really jacked, and blah blah blah. blah. And then when you see that person, you, in my head, and me and Deal were laughing because he was saying the same thing. They're like. Uh, citizen big, they're like, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Totally. It's, it's, I mean, he's big, but he's not. No, he's not. You don't know big. You haven't seen big, bro. Right. <laughs> you haven't stood beside Leviathan or or Batista at his most gassed, or you haven't seen, you know, the Undertaker how tall he is, or you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, just I mean, you hanging out with Spellbinder, he was probably big to a lot of people, like, and of course. Oh. You know, very well put together, you know. So, yeah, man. But yeah, a lot of compliments, man. The young guys had a couple of the young guys come tell me, hey, man, I watched a lot of PG 13 uh, growing up, man. I just want to say, you know, I think you all are great. And, you know, just, I was just very humbled, a very different environment than hell what I was brought up in, man. You never got compliments from the guys, they were trying to knock you every chance. Right. <laughs> and so especially the young guys, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. you got to. You said it was Ace Austin. I believe it was him. Because I, I just can't remember, remember everybody's names. And uh, yeah, he's the one that said he watched. Uh, he, he thinks it made him a better wrestler watching hundreds of. I, I forget the word he used. I, you don't know how many hours of PG thirteen matches I've watched that I believe have made me a better wrestler. That's it, it, it was very flattering, man. So let me tell you a little something about Ace Austin, okay? Because I think you're going to like him even more after I tell you this. <laughs> so I had never seen the kid before. I guess he worked on the indies or something. But he came in doing a magic gimmick. But it wasn't like Spellbinder. It was like Gambit, the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. He had a stick and he had a card, playing cards, and he would throw these cards and he would pull these cards out of nowhere, out of out of the air. Right. And he's like an X Division guy. So he's like incredibly talented as far as flips and flops and dives and jumps and all that. And honestly, I could see, you know, probably taking a little bit of some airwolf 
from back in the day. But at the same time, he yeah. is now molded into this great villain. He's also, I think, in the Bullet Club right now. So, I mean, he's kind of worked his way up, and it's been all at impact, essentially. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, turned into one of the more important stars of impact now. So to know that he thinks that, that's a good thing, man. So Yeah, and I hope I'm not wrong on the name. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's who, what his name is. Yeah, that's what you told me when you we talked about it. So, okay, obviously, we we heard about the guys that were in the match with you. You know, you walked down with Father James. There was there was David Young. There was Shark Boy. There was Chase. There was others I know, Johnny Swinger. All those guys, you know, down there in the ring. But then there were some dudes like just recently out of WWE was Steve Macklin. You you were working with him quite a bit there for a minute. You, you were yeah throwing I, chops with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he uh, locked up with me there for a second. Yeah, I just I I didn't know a lot of those guys, and <laughs> it's funny because in my head and. Um, before I'm going down there, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to try to stick with Chase or David. Somebody I know is not going to hurt me. Yeah. And, like, after I grabbed Crazy Steve, I never saw Chase. I never saw <laughs> David. <laughs> like, Where are you? <laughs> well, you and David almost, I was like, wait a second. No, that's that's David. Okay, that's because if you could just see at the side of the ring, if you couldn't see like chest down, yeah, yeah. you guys were almost like in the back of your head. There's the ball guy with the tattoo. Okay, no, that's Wolf. There's Slash. Okay. And no, it was just cool, man. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, very cool. Man. Yeah, so so obviously then there were some other stars in the back, and we know like AJ Styles and Sting and those guys gave like these pre-taped video yeah. you know, tributes to TNA. But also you saw your buddies AMW, Chris Harris, James Storm. It, talk about some other people. Chase was there, obviously, but then oh. you got to meet somebody else super cool. And oh yeah, man. Um, and you know me and you had been talking. Uh, about this person and trying to get him on the show. Um, and after the battle roll, my ex-brother-in-law is a higher up there at the fairgrounds. And I seen him in the building. I said, man, because they didn't have no water back there. And I was like, man, can you get me some water? And, oh, yeah, come on. Follow me over here to this office. And uh, so me and him, we have to go out of the building that we're in and into another one. Um a little walkway and as we come out the door i see anthony lacasso and billy corgan and that's too mean you've been talking about billy corgan trying to get him on the show to talk about nwa smashing pumpkins and our good friend uh josephus rest in peace yeah and, um it was just like <laughs> i literally had been trying to get out of you know who can i get to get to this guy and uh so i just I immediately, first thing I said was, this is the craziest thing. I said, I have actually been looking for you, Lacasso, to get in touch with this guy right here. And I jumped over down, down the little thing and shook his hand. I said, hey, I'm Wolfie D, Billy. I said, me and Josephus were, you know, he was one of my best friends, man. And then he said, oh, yeah, yeah, he mentioned you a lot, blah, blah, blah. I said, listen, man, I've been wanting to get in touch with you to come on the show and uh, talk about Josephus and some other things. But I was very close to him, and I know you were. He said, "Absolutely, absolutely." So we've got a we've got a commitment there. We don't have obviously just like any other thing in wrestling, as I've said, you know, a few times on this show, and nothing's ever etched in stone until it happens. But right. uh, 
We shall but, see. And that was pretty cool, though, because I was a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. Oh, me too, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm on my rage. I'm still just running game. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Not bad, Wolfie D. What's up? Yeah, man, we start a band, brother. I didn't know that. But yeah, so obviously, dude, I mean, you know, today is the great, that stuff, yeah. dude. I mean, dude, I love that band. Yeah, big, big fan. So I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? And I saw them. 20 years ago in Charlotte, North Carolina. So oh, wow. anyway, yeah, that was, it was a trip, man. Great band. So that's a hopeful, and that's going to be a big show. So we promise if we can make that happen, every power that we have, we will try to make that happen. So now another funny story is you got to meet the team or one of the team or one of the members of the team of somebody that I've brought up a million times on this podcast, the Briscoes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I knew I had to, uh, tell them, um, this story just, and I only <laughs> talked to the one, the bald one. I can't, I'm not sure. Mark. Mark's his name. Yeah. Yeah. He's sitting outside and I said, Hey man, I said, uh, Wolfie, man, how you doing? He said, oh, yeah, PG-13. Yeah, man, how you doing? Good, good. I said, man, I got to tell you this. I said, I, I do a podcast, as with the rest of the country. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and so I said, my co-host is the biggest mark for PG-13 to have ever wrestled the Briscoe brothers, and he thinks that it would be the greatest match. And I said, I've heard it from a couple other people, too. And he started laughing. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, man, that'd be a hell of a time, man. That'd be a hell of a time. <laughs> and so I, I, I solidified your, uh, your want, your dream match or whatever. Yes, yes. Uh, Oh, it will still never happen. But uh, he laughed, and I said, "Yeah, man." I said, and I said, "Please, no disrespect when I say this." I said, "I just, I've never seen you guys work before." And I said, I, "Evidently, I guess they think that we have either compatible or similar styles or something." He agreed, and blah blah blah. So, yeah, yeah there's your uh, dream match that uh, all parties involved, I guess, think it would be good. Yes. Yes. And I agree. So that's even better. So yeah, that's amazing. So thank you for at least not necessarily starting the fire on that, but maybe uh, heck putting it to bed, who knows. Right. But we'll see. Uh, you never can say never in this yeah. business. Right. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. 
Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. So, okay, you, you learn about this match, you get going... That music, man. Tell me something about the music you all walked down to the ring to. Because that was killer. I don't know who wrote that. I don't know anything about it, bro. I want to say it had something to do with Jeremy Borash. Okay, okay. I don't don't know that he makes music, but maybe he made the video and put it all together. I'm not really sure. Okay, okay. But I know a lot of people do love that music and um even a couple of guys that night you know i was the, the hardcore guy that wrestled moose he came up to mitchell and i just happened to be close by and i heard him say man y'all's music God, every time that hits man that's just y'all's music is one of the chris harris said the same thing y'all's music was one of the best music they ever made man too totally and it, and it still is and it's still totally is dude i'm telling you it's some of the best but all over twitter i could read wolfie's back oh awesome his new church is back oh my god i love that music that's some of the greatest music and and it just it's it's evergreen that music So the guy you're talking about that worked moose was Sammy Callahan. And yeah. dude, I could easily see Sammy Callahan being in the new church. Honestly, he, he oh dude, he's a dark. He was working for NXT and they had him as this evil like technology hacker character and he ends up leaving or getting cut or whatever as that happens. But then he came to TNA and I don't remember if you hear about this or heard about this, but he hit a dude in the head with a baseball bat. Mm. And this was right around the time that the podcast started for us. And I don't even know if we had current affairs at the time, but anyway, he hits a dude in the head, Eddie Edwards, who was also at that show hits him in the head and it's got that aluminum, like, ding, you know, it was brutal. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was not a. It was not a gimmick bat. It was not a, a pulled shot. It was a ping, and yeah. So that was kind of his infamous deal. But yeah. he's he's. I enjoy his stuff. He's a little dude, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. He's got that Kevin Sullivan vibe about him in size, but mm-hmm. he, uh, anyway, long story short, he could easily be in the new church if there were a resurrection of that. So, so, all right. So how did you feel about the performance in the match? I mean, I know you didn't get to do much, but how'd you feel like you did? Oh, I, I felt like I took advantage of what I had, you know, which is totally what a veteran guy is going to do. Just like I said, when we figured out that we were the only ones with the entrance, that was that was our our horse, and we were going to ride it. <laughs> let's go yeah. out here and let's let's do a you know let's get a, a quick entrance together in our heads, and uh, you know, and like I said, I came up with. You know, I think it would have killed the momentum, and it also started the momentum of the match when I said, hey, I'm just going to come down and start lighting into people that were not there, but I <laughs> did the best I could. Uh, <laughs> don't start the match. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I did what I could. I couldn't use no rails. I probably could have done a few other things, um, but I did what I could do while I was out there. And Yeah, yeah, totally. On. Yeah, and you know, you hit on Crazy Steve. I think Crazy Steve could have been in the new church too. You know, he's a he's a wild child character too. So, but anyway, yeah. After the match, I know you kind of you know got showered and got out of town. But did you did you talk to anybody on your way out the door? Or were you just kind of like, hey, thank you all in peace, kind of deal? Or did you do uh, some some sort of run in thing at the end, the very end, and. Uh, I was just like, uh, I said, you know, if you need me, I'll, I'll stay. <laughs> right. I got, you know, two and a half hours to go. Plus I'm on fast time. Plus my girl's got to be at work in the morning. So, and plus, you know, I didn't say this, but, and plus I'm not coming back. And <laughs> if you get mad, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I was very appreciative to everyone. I went to, before I left, you know, uh, of course, I'm going to say goodbye to the guys that I really know. Uh, but, you know, special hugs and thank yous. And I appreciate yous to D-Lo and Scott Demore and, and uh, Tommy Dreamer, you know. And, uh, yeah, then we rolled on out. Yeah. Did you uh, get to shake hands with the Good Brothers at all? Oh, yeah. I talked to Luke a little bit. I've known him. so. Yeah, uh, you've known him for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of those guys. You know, I enjoy their stuff. They yeah. almost, I, I think I enjoy their out of ring stuff more than their in ring stuff. Yeah. Luke's one of the guys back there that like, you know, I know the size of the wrestler has changed and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, not everybody needs to be a monster anymore. And that's a good thing. Hell, you know, I, I wasn't that big either at the beginning, but, um, He's one of the guys that walked around there like, uh, and I don't mean arrogantly. I just mean you look around and you go, okay, that guy's a star. Uh, you know, that guy's, that guy's a pro wrestler right there. You know what yeah. I mean? Not a knock on anybody else, but I didn't get that vibe from a whole lot of people. Of like, okay, this is a pay-per-view, and this is uh, – I, I don't see a whole bunch of just – uh, not that don't look like wrestlers, but I don't know how to describe it. And I'm please, if anybody hears this, that was there, don't take this as a knock. Cause it's not, it's just, I think it's where the business has changed. And I don't think there are that many superstars left, even probably in the WWE locker room, just the way people carry themselves and things like that. I don't know. Have you yeah. been long time i've been around people where you just go and maybe it's because i grew up watching some of them or something like that but to where you're just like yeah that's 
that's a that star pro wrestler right there. Even if you didn't know him, if you just seen him walk through the mall or something, you know. Right, right. How they carry themselves. It's, you know, totally. I think part of it probably is because I can't imagine the, well, I mean, I'll just be the mark I am right now. I remember being in the locker room. Uh, when you were in there and I was like, okay, there's somebody that's done something, you know, and I didn't want to like bug you too much, but if you were going to talk to me, I was damn sure going to talk to you, you know, and the same goes with other people that came in that locker room that had kind of, you know, Tracy Smothers and people like that, that had walked that line that you were like, okay, this dude's done something. I want to, I want to hear what they're saying. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to talk too much, bug them, but at the same time, if they're talking, I'm going to talk with them, you know? And so long story short, you know, on that, that that's cool. You know, I mean, I'm sure some of those guys there got that vibe from you, which is, you know, important, I guess, you know, this is the thing about wrestling. That's the never say never, but do you feel like, I mean, this is kind of a weird question because I know it's not really yours to answer, but is there any upcoming options maybe with a future with impact or do you feel like it may be just a one and done or still with the idea of it's a one and done? I mean, you know, contact has been made. I mean, sure. I'm not going to confirm nor deny that I didn't, you know, put a name in the hat as far as, Hey, if you need somebody, you know, to, help some of the younger guys put matches together, whatever, you know, you know, yeah. I know. so, uh, yeah. you never know, but yeah. Well, I mean, so yeah. let's talk about, uh, after the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As I said, I kind of crash dieted, man, especially the last couple of days. And honestly, I, the day of the show, I did not eat at all. I drank water and not even a really a ton of water. I drank water and I had a muscle milk before the show that I need. I knew I needed because the day before I had actually gotten sick. I don't know if it's from my body, like rejecting, um, not having the food. I just felt nauseous and just ended up throwing up a little bit. And, and then Sunday, I really kind of didn't have an appetite. And, yeah. Uh, so as I said, I drank that muscle milk, went out, did the deal. Uh, you know, felt probably got a little more gas than I normally would have. Um, well, I, not probably I did, um, but I made it. You know, came back, felt all right. Like I said, got out of Dodge and uh, got home. On the way home, I still really had no appetite, but I knew, okay, I've got to get some nutrients in my body. So I drank two muscle milks on the way home. Got home that night and was laying in the bed and I coughed. And I, a little bit, I, I have to take medicine for like GERD and shit. I took that for years. But so anyway, a little something comes up. And it tastes like chocolate muscle milk. Well, oh man, stop after that. So both of them came up, um, and then I went to bed. And Monday still really didn't have much of an appetite. Long story short, is uh, I woke up in the night, uh, late in the early mornings of Tuesday, I guess, and because uh, I went to bed really early and. Uh, I got sick again, but at the same time, I collapsed. I like blacked out and 
fell up against the wall in the bathroom and uh michelle was trying to get me up she said i was looking at her but i wasn't responding so she got me up and it happened again i collapsed again and this time she's panicking she said i was out for she says like five minutes like just <laughs> conscious or whatever right so she's screaming to her daughter to call 911, and that's actually the first thing that I heard was call 911. Of course, me, I'm like, no, no, I'm <laughs> the floor going, no, 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 I'll be okay, I'll be okay. So she gets me to the bed, and uh, I had ended up throwing up again during all that, and uh, she put me in the bed, and she went to work the next morning so this i think the last little episode was like at 7 a.m or something i don't know uh, i don't really remember a lot of it and uh so she comes home from work at like 3 30 and she's like look i already talked to the doctor i'm taking you to the hospital to get checked out i'm like no i'm good i'm good just let me sleep let me sleep no 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 so finally i go to the hospital they tell them what happened, so they they know the heart attack and all that kind of stuff. So and they're doing chest X-rays and ultrasounds on the heart and all kinds of blood work and giving me fluids and yada yada yada. And uh, I mean, long, so they kept me for two days. Long story short is basically, you know, I was super dehydrated and malnourished, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's scary, dude, because I mean, not to say, you know, a year ago you were having a heart attack, you know, and that's scary. But also just the, the idea that, you know, you went through this athletic event there on Sunday night and then you're yeah. feeling, I know this for a fact, when I used to play music and we would play these shows and the adrenaline was flowing, it replaced food in a lot of cases yeah. for me. I just wasn't hungry because the adrenaline was going at that point. Do you think the lead up to that was also that? I mean, you yeah, were... Man, I don't know. I ain't never yeah. had that happen before, but right. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you recently see, and I, I, like I said, my thoughts were, okay, this is going to be a, a pay per view event. A lot of people are going to see this, and I do not want to look bad. You know, I want to look sure. the best I can because, as we've seen recently, you know the the people and some of the boys will fucking rip you for not looking a certain way. <laughs> oh dude, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't want to use the term body shaming cause whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that crap. I do too. <laughs> but you do get a, I think, uh, being a wrestler and having to show your body all the time and being judged by it. Uh, does give you some sort of a uh, body complex issue, like just like a model or even just a normal girl. Uh, and I'm sure some dudes have it too, but you know, we don't talk about stuff like that. Sure. But, yeah. It, it wouldn't have like crushed my life and made me want to go hang myself or anything, but <laughs> it, I just was trying to look good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's understandable, dude. And I mean, you, you spoke with a friend of yours that knows how to look good and, you know, not, no, none of his fault, man. No, not at all. Not at all. And, I, mean, I did some of it, but <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, you know, if you, if you think about it, that is kind of the, I mean, cause you don't, you're not on Twitter except we've got our, you know, podcast yeah 
Twitter at Live Wolfie D on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But other than that, you're really not on Twitter. And that's where it's the worst, dude. Twitter, honestly, you know, you know, when like on in Star Wars, the first Star Wars, where Obi Wan and Luke are rolling up in the speeder and Luke's like, what's that place? And he was like, oh, that's, that's the, uh, cantina that's the most icely cantina you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy that's basically what twitter (laughs) is it is a dump of evil people now there's some good people on there but there's also twitter so you know i agree body shaming dude that just is such a lame term it sounds so modified pc garbage but i mean dude think about how many times Jamie fat shamed people back in the day <laughs> from the ring. So I mean, I, I just can't call it fat shaming. I, I you know, calling a fat boy fat boy is just what it is, you know. Yeah. But I get it, dude. You want to look good. Of course, you're gonna be on a pay-per-view. And yeah. at the same time, it's your return. You haven't been there. You don't want to look like you don't want to be the guy that goes out in a t-shirt even you've never done that you know exactly exactly because i was at first man i was trying to find anybody that had a black singlet i could borrow to wear under my and then i thought no because then that'll cover up most of my back tattoo and it looks pretty good and i'm like yeah awesome i I never wore a singlet and then you know obviously t-shirt when the tank top went through my mind not fucking t-shirt but tank top went through my mind you know, wear a slash tank top or something. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to I'm gonna right. go out there at, at almost 49 years old. And, you know, having the physical limitations that I got now, this is what I fucking look like. Take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. And you look damn good, dude. You look damn good. Now, you almost died looking that way. But <laughs> so maybe let's not do that again. But. Yeah. You know, again, you weren't given a lot of time. If you were given six months, bro, you'd have walked out there looking like Arnold fresh from the Olympia contest. But, you know, at the same time, you know. But I didn't think, honestly, when I watched it back, I didn't think I looked bad at all. No, you didn't. You did not. You you look great. And also, Jim looks great, dude. I swear, bro, that guy looks... I was watching something. It was a video that was posted on Facebook, and it was you all in 2002. And it was you, uh, Belladonna, Jerry, Malice, and Brian. And y'all are all standing around, and and you're, like, scaring poor Jeremy Borash. And, you know... Y'all look great there. And Jim, I was like, God, Jim looks better now. Like (laughs) he's got that white going down his beard, which is probably more natural to his age. I mean, yeah, yeah. He looks great now. And I mean, you know, everybody's got a couple wrinkles we didn't have, but he might've sold his soul or bought some, who knows? Anyway, but I think that pretty much puts a bow on Slash's return to impact unless you have anything else. No, man, I like I said, I publicly, you know, I've sent a text here and there to the people that I wanted to say thank you to. Uh, but just publicly, man, I want to thank um, Impact, uh, specifically D'Lo, Tommy Dreamer, and uh, Scott Demore for thinking of me in that way and uh, allowing me to, to be on there and, and not look like a schmuck and uh, give yeah. me 
giving me that rub, man. I, I really appreciated that from them. Definitely. You know, we as a podcast thank them too, for sure, for getting the Wolfie D name out there. The only gripe I have with Impact is this, mm-hmm. and it's not that big. You're walking to the ring. It says on the the banner, it says slash Father James Mitchell, but down below it, it's got a Twitter handle that you ain't used in two, three, four years. Are you serious? I didn't know that. We can't get the live Wolfie D Twitter on there. I'm saying, well, I mean, I thought about that, Jimmy. I really did. But I didn't know that they were even putting stuff like that on the bottom. And they never asked me like, right. Twitter. So that was, that was, that's a shocker to me right now. Cause I didn't know that, but you know, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. You know, what, it's at, what, what Twitter handle did they give? It was at Wolfie underscore PG 13, which is, I think the one that is well, I, still active on there, but it's nobody's using it, you know? So yeah. Yeah. all good. Hey, it is right, buddy. It is what it is. Well, I think with that, we got a lot to talk about still yet, so hang with us. It's Current Affairs. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. Loving in color. It's a current affair. All right, we're back with Current Affairs. And... Wolfie, you know, obviously your return to impact is the number one current affair, but I thought that needed more time than just current affairs allows. So obviously the biggest current affair right now is going on in WWE. And that is basically the WWE board of directors is investigating a supposed $3 million payment to a former female employee that. Vince has had an affair with basically calling it hush money in January to a former paralegal Mm -hmm. WWE's board found it after anonymous email from the female's friend. And so the email's claim was that the female was hired at a hundred K a year, but was upped quickly to 200 K after the affair started with Vince. John Laurinaitis is also rumored to have been involved in NDAs with other females payoffs for him as well. He is actually now currently stepped down from his position and Bruce Pritchard has taken over his job. So essentially they've, Put the weight on Vince on this. Vince has technically stepped down for the time being. Stephanie is the interim CEO. Bruce is taking over for John Laurinaitis and talent relations. And guess what? Triple H has NXT again. Yeah. <laughs> so, dude, what do you think about all this, man? Um, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Right. <laughs> the wrestling business. Right. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of moves being made within the, you know, the upper echelons. And I love the term, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, the, the term Vince, he didn't step down he right. stepped to the right. He to stepped the right. to the right. So get, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he slid to the right. So what, what's funny is Vince has paid more for sex than he did for WCW. <laughs> right. I'm so, yes. Yes. <laughs> and did the t- I slide back. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. And then 
to go right along with that, you got these little dancing memes of him, and nobody's put him in the cha-cha slide yet and said, step back. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you but, know. Uh, seriously, man, I, it's not a shock to me, man. Um, right. We'll see. And to me, it looks more like, um, you know, I don't know whether it's, passing the buck, you know, deflecting the heat, whatever. But I feel like this is just from what I've seen and just looks like they're more trying to pin it on Laurenitis than than anybody. But right. then I've seen the thing about Kevin Dunn moving money around. So that could get shaky. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know why Vince if it was if it was that big on him, I don't understand why he would still be coming out on TV, you know? Oh, uh, he that's a, just a move of defiance, I think. He just came out there and thumbed his nose at the whole legal process with that. Yeah. Now, again, this affair is alleged, so we yeah. don't want to get into that. But, we, I mean, come on. It's Vince, right? So, right. at the same time, you're right. You brought up a good point. Kevin Dunn. Okay, think about this. They've known that this Wall Street Journal article is going to happen since, I think, Honestly, I think all this started in January of this year. I think they've known about this article happening with the Wall Street Journal that's going to drop. Then a month or two ago, Kevin Dunn sells a bunch of stock, like a million dollars worth of stock, and now they're going to call him on insider trading, allegedly. So, I mean, geez, Louise, dude. I mean, it's still Vince, you know, and he's beat the government before, you know. Right. It was a different day and age now, too, though. That's true. That's true. Because that was many 30 years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, we'll see. It's it's hard to really see going on. Something shady's happening. Yeah. But you know, I just kind of am looking at this like Vince is going to probably do whatever he can to, to, to put it on somebody else. you know, And also to make it into a storyline. <laughs> You know, exactly. So, you know, that's that being that, but it's funny, you know, because it took this for Triple H to get NXT back because, you know, everybody kind of went to pieces when Vince took NXT from Triple H and and the quality of NXT has kind of dropped after Triple H is down. So anyway, it was just funny because it was like the whole world's in a tornado with WWE and then you see, but Triple H has got NXT. So we're all things are good now. So (laughs) anyway, so we'll see on that. But yeah, crazy, crazy news from the WWE land. So now the other kind of big news is, of course, Jeff Hardy and again, we send our best wishes out to him. So rumors were that there was a strong heated discussion about firing Jeff Hardy with AEW. Mm-hmm. Essentially, cooler heads prevailed and decided to offer the treatment route, and they thought that was better looking for mm-hmm. them. And then he will have to complete a full treatment before returning. That's their requirements. There were also rumors that they were set to put the tag belts on the Hardys before this happened. Mm-hmm. So kind of derailed their little reunion push there, but, um, yeah, I heard recently. Did he not? Yeah. Yeah. Matt got hurt at a triple a match. So, yeah. Yeah. So obviously well wishes to the Hardy boys, you know, nothing but love for sure. Yeah, Yeah, for sure, man. Just a good dude, man. And I've been there, done that. I know, man, it's, it's a, it's tough, man. And, you know, I'd seen where Booker, kind of took up for him and and said 
uh, uh, you know, he thought that AEW should hold a little responsibility and, you know, talking about all the stuff Jeff does that, you know, he's in pain and the pain, and I will agree with this, but pain will turn you to that bottle, man. It will. Um, cause it's a, it does a great job at making stuff not hurt. And I can only imagine, you know, just been doing those super bumps forever. And, and, and that is not to give a pass because like I said, I've been there, done that. And I wouldn't give myself a pass. Hey, I, I was not supposed to get behind this wheel. I know somebody that's got money like him. It ain't too hard to call it Uber. Right. Uh, right. So that being said, I mean, I, I hope that he will go through it and stuff. I know just a different character, man. I, I know him. I don't know him closely, but I know people that know him closely and, you know, just a very eccentric dude and uh, very artsy. And as I've talked about before with people with addiction issues are usually artists, uh, or I'd say the the uh, percentage of people that have that are, are very artsy people. And uh, Jeff is one of those dudes, and you combine that with the bumps and, and all that, you know, hey. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah. people do turn out. Some people are genetically disposed to it. Um, right. Really believe in that. And then once you turn that faucet on, it's very hard to stop it. Yeah, it is something that, you know, we don't take lightly. Both of us have dealt with it. And we hope, you know, uh, like we say, we, we, we don't really have much else to say on it, but just we wish the best for him, you know. And to me, this is just me having, you know, I, I am going to side with him a little bit in getting help, not necessarily getting him. Um, I mean, I know what the law is, like I said, and, you know, whatever punishment, I guess they deem, uh, appropriate is what he's going to have to deal with. I just hate it that, you know, because jail, you know, put him in rehab because I mean, I'm, I'm understanding that he's looking at, we're not talking six months, you know what I mean? We're talking right. years, maybe multiples, right? Put him in treatment for that long. Cause you know, treatment ain't a, uh, a vacation. I mean, some of them are, are nice and, you know, you do have granted a lot more freedoms, but I don't think a person that's a, an addict needing that kind of help. I don't think that being in a jail cell helps you at all. If not make it worse. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I agree. That is not a fucking fun, uh, environment. And, and, Oh, we shouldn't have fun. I don't mean that. I mean, that's just a, a mentally, uh, draining um, place, and that's the last thing you need an act to do is to be mentally drained. Right, right, totally. That you're right. You know, because they talk about in treatment, recovery, so, uh, jails, institutions, or death. Right. Obviously, the whole reason is treatment can hopefully prevent jails, institutions, or death. Now, obviously, there's the rule of the land. And they have to go by the law of things. But at the same time, I agree with you. It amplifies the desires. It doesn't fix. As an addict, you can never fight or curb the, the demon. You yeah. just have to almost kill it with, by yeah. ignoring it, you know? Yeah. And, and, but at the same time, man, you know, there's people calling for the dude's head, man. You yeah. know? I know. It's, it's and, just, and then you know you look at look at uh, look at Sonny. You know everybody likes Jeff. Okay, 
Right. Don't like Sonny. Right. And and also Jeff didn't kill anyone, thank God. And she thank did. God. And I think yeah. she's had quite a few more chances, et cetera. So my toleration on her is way less. And it's because I and I I just really never liked her. I didn't think she was a good person. Right. And most most addicts and alcoholics that I know are some of the best motherfuckers you ever meet. They are. And yeah. and uh they just have that issue with in her case. You know, it's hard to find pity on somebody who's such a bitch most of the time, you know, or at least that was my experience with her. Yeah, and, but, you know, she was evil to your friend part of that, you know. Yeah, so yeah. She was extremely evil to your friend, and that's just. You got people, uh, Bill DeMott calling for her to be pulled out of the Hall of Fame and stuff, and, you know, I'm not sure what my take on that part of it would be, but, um but and then him also, you know, calling for a harsh penalty on Jeff and and things like that. But I, I like I said, I think there's a an alternate here. You know, oh well, maybe maybe jail will fix him. Obviously, rehab hadn't, but I don't think he's ever really stayed that long at a rehab. I think he's been, but I don't think he's ever stayed and really went through the treatment 100. You know, yeah. so anyway, yeah. I get too uh opinionated on right other right. people's opinions because they everybody's got one man well you know what nobody's allowed to have one anymore but uh it used to be opinions are like assholes everybody's got one but now opinions are obviously something you're not supposed to have or <laughs> <So, laughs> sex after marriage <laughs> they don't exist like, opinions are like birthmarks only some people have them <laughs> yeah, there you go <laughs> only some people can have them if not uh, you know i think that's pretty good we're working on that so all right well i guess the last current affair basically the injury bug has been massive in this world of wrestling right now you know you've got cody rhodes is down you've got daniel bryan Brian Danielson, you got CM Punk. These are all upper echelon guys. Also, Randy Orton is currently out with an unknown back injury. He's currently meeting with spine specialists, and WWE is worried will be out the rest of the year if surgery is required. Basically, have you ever seen a time like back in the Memphis day? And I know this is, you know, I like to treat Memphis as if it's the whole world. That way it's kind of like a, you know, you can kind of gauge it. Did you ever have people to where they were just, everybody was hurt and everybody was Yeah. I mean, it would be one guy at a time every now and then, you know, sure. uh, now, some, some of the injuries, uh, we would work through as to where now they won't not to say that any of these injuries you just talked about are not for real. Cause a lot of the guys you were just saying are, have, have been in a while right. and uh, they're also, um, they, even though those guys are, would still be kind of what I consider old school and they don't do more than they have to they've done a lot at a level uh that has been raised over the years and 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 in order to keep up i mean i did it too i had to kind of change the way i wrestled over the years and the more risk i would take because the evolution of wrestling um you got to go with it a little bit i mean yeah i still believe you can slow things down and and these young guys that are doing way more than they have to they're going to be the, those names you just mentioned, but a lot sooner in their careers. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess the reason I was bringing this up is because, you know, I wanted to gauge the the recollection from an old schooler like yourself to how the kids work today. Now, these guaranteeing contracts, it's kind of like football. If they get a a torn hammy or whatever, they're going to pull them, obviously, you know, for those major injuries. But at the same time, if they get a hangnail, they kind of pull them sometimes because they don't want to risk further injuring. And then that's their big money guy that's down. So comparing it to something like football, the idea of wrestling having a season. Now, this is not new, but would would that work? I, I just don't. It's just not the industry. I've a bunch of times, man, what that would be like and how you would make it work. And then, I mean, it would give the guys a break, which would be a good thing. Um, right. And it would also, I think, make it more, uh, you know how when football season's over, you're like, fuck. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Wait fucking August. I know. That it, it could give wrestling that. It, yeah. You know, maybe in their minds, I'm sure it would some kind of way. And, you know, that's not my forte on the uh, money side of the wrestling business. Usually it would probably hurt in revenue a little bit, I would imagine, you know, not having shows for six months or however long they're talking or whatever. Sure. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I think it would add a little, you know, I can't wait till fucking pro wrestling season starts again yeah i know it's crazy to think isn't it yeah and it, but it would make it mean more um for those months that the season was going on and who knows you might have you know instead of spreading out your viewership over 12 months you put it all in you might get more in you know seven or eight months or whatever it is you're gonna do yeah yeah, make it more special, make it more must see, make it, you know, but you know, and end it with fucking WrestleMania. Yeah, it, WrestleMania is your yeah, your Super Bowl. So, that's the other thing though. You have AEW, you have WWE, you know, you have all these other promotions that are, you know, would they stick to that season goal or would the AEW be the USFL and then would yeah. You know, obviously the WWE is the NFL and there's no question in that, right. but would AEW be the alternate that would run and then it would kind of well, be kill the point. Like that. That's just the wrestling business, man. That's why we've never had a union. That's why all that shit. Cause nobody wants to give up shit to right. bit of the business. You know, they right. would probably see it as an opportunity. Oh, we're fucking running all year. Yeah. You know, instead yeah. of, okay, you run the first six months of the year will run the second six months of the year. Yeah. And people yeah. can still have wrestling or, Hey, let's all run at the same time and see who fucking wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, AEW is the AFC. WWE is the NFC. And then you meet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. With that one. I don't see it. Unless, unless Vince gets in big trouble and that's Tony's bailout for. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's a, the fucking, uh, AFL, NFC thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, those are some great Ask Wolfie questions about 
Uh, and really, I'm asking you, I guess is what I'm saying, uh, if you want to send me another question about that, because that's a topic that I actually kind of like and I think it's intriguing. Uh, so I'd like to hear what you guys' opinion would be on uh, a pro wrestling season and how it would work. You know, what, what you would do if, if you ran the company and how you would make it work. Would you have a, uh, you know, would you have like a, a playoff for certain people to make it into the WrestleMania Super Bowl? Would you have to keep legitimate, okay, win-loss records? Uh, you know, what what would you do? Or just keep wrestling the same for six months and then end it with WrestleMania? You know, how would you work that? Yeah. Anyway, that's my take on that, Jimbo. That's great, man. I love it. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. So go to at live Wolfie D on your favorite social media platform and hashtag ask Wolfie and talk about it, man. Tell us what you guys would do in the postseason, in the off season, if there was one. Would there be another promotion running? Or would they all have to stick to the one pro wrestling season? And like Wolfie said, see who wins in the end. I like it all. It's really interesting conversations. Maybe that, you know, maybe that'll be a one day show topic. Who knows? We'll see. All right. Why don't you take us out, big man? All right. Once again, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you are still enjoying it. Check out all of our merchandise on Pro Wrestling Tees at the uh, Live and Color Wolfie D podcast store. And thank you so much. Peace out. I'm Wolfie D for Jimmy Street. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all, and all they ask is, Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right. It's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. 
Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at Warren Wolf 13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at Live Wolfie D. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon, and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. I got a cap for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it, color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap, unlike any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G, plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Late low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Bad skills, no faking, that is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for data. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. With my finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Then I'm driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby Huh, I got a cap for your dome I got a cap for your dome We got a cap for your dome We got a cap for your dome This has been a James Rock Street production